All right. Do we just want to start? I don't see why we shouldn't start. All right. Welcome back to Ranking 76, where we're ranking 76 heroes and villains of the American West. I'm Eric. And I'm Matt. And we have successfully passed Little Bighorn. And I think we all need to take a breath. <laughs> that What an adventure that was. That was heavy, is what that was. A lot, lot of content. A lot of content. Three episodes. Uh, all three of them were murdered horrendously. Four episodes. That's right. Four episodes, but Custer didn't die at the end of the Civil War years, despite his best efforts. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Despite his best efforts. He really tried to be murdered. He really tried. He did. He really tried. (laughs) Kill me already. So I kind of, I mean, I had, I had Annie, we're we're doing Annie Oakley today. We, everyone can see that because you clicked on this episode to listen to. I kind of picked Annie as like a spur of the moment. She was actually going to be a couple episodes down to match her birthday. Um, in the middle of Sitting Bull's episode, uh, just before the depressing the depression hit the end of his episode, I kind of made the decision that we're just going to cover Annie Oakley next because she's a nice little uh, nice little segue. Also, her story is just completely different <laughs> than what we just covered. Is it a lot more lighthearted? I hope. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, Yes, it is. What and comes to mind too. is um, uh, Sitting Bull when you were like, oh, it's about to get real dark here really quick. So I don't want another one of those episodes for a while, please. We're going to space some of those out. I can't promise you it's all sunshine and rainbows, but it's not uh, basically cultural genocide. So that's I mean, that's a plus. For once, I want to stop the recording, go sit on the couch, not go, <laughs> oh, all right, I need to watch something now to cheer me up. Yeah, I just need something happy, anything happy. I think we've picked it, but let's find out, shall we? What if it turns out she's just a villain, Mrs. John Wesley Harden? You're like, oh, okay, so yeah, she's she's great, and then she went into a saloon and killed everybody <laughs> twice. I know she's a good shot. I remember being her being a good shot. Yes. Do you remember Sitting Bull's nickname for her? Um. Gosh, I just li- literally just listened to it and I can't remember. <laughs> oh, little, little good shot, little sure shot, but close. Sure shot. Oh, I was close. Yeah, you almost learned a thing. I'm very proud. <laughs> <laughs> one, one thing. One I'll thing. I'll get there someday. Okay. She was born on August 13th, 1860. Her real name is Phoebe Ann Moses. She is born a Quaker in Dark County, Ohio, to a family in very desperate times. Uh, She is also one of eight children. Her father, Jake Mosby, recently just lost their hotel business due to a fire. And I mean, they barely escaped with all of their children surviving. Very close call. And now they don't have a business. To make matters worse... 
her mother, whose name is Susan, is 18 years old and has been pretty sickly. Now, if we match up the times, her mother, when she is born, is 18 and she has eight children. I was going to ask about that. So how, where in the line is Annie? Uh, I think second to last. Okay. So when she's born, her mom's yeah. 18. Yeah. Okay. So that, so she was seven. <laughs> that means she had seven children. Do the math. So she started having children when she was like 15. 11, 12, like 15. No, cause it's a year. Oh, nine months, I guess. Yeah. I mean, there's, some, and also, um, Jake, uh, Jake Mosby or Jake Moses. Sorry. Jake Moses is their family name. If I said that incorrectly before, uh, he is in his thirties and the way they're, he met Annie's mother is real suspect. Now it turns out it seems like it was a love match. I should say it seems like it was a genuine love match, but she was like 12 and he first met her when she's like crying on a hill somewhere. And he's like 30. Well, hi, darling. It was, but that happened a lot in those days, right? Uh, Not at 12. <laughs> 12 is a bit I, on the young spectrum. Well, I thought then. they, I thought the, the fathers would like take like a dowry, right? Sometimes I think you're not, not so much at this time. Yes, it is more common. And like, you do ask teenagers to be, to do more. I think we saw that in Sarah Graves' episode, mm -hmm. but, um, 12 is just, that's, it's that's pushing the line. That's pushing it's the line. It's pushing the line even back then. Even so, for those times, even for um, those times, you're still a little, should I know? No, you shouldn't. It, you just feel icky. But it does seem like it's a genuine love match. But I I don't know. I didn't want to look into it. But anyway, remember when I said this was going to be a pleasant episode and two nights into it? <laughs> it's, already start, it's already starting. It's already starting pretty pretty rough. Pretty rough. Or their father may have been a pedophile. Maybe <laughs> probably was a pedophile. Uh, I just anyway, I'm moving on from this point. I'm uncomfortable. Okay, so they have. She has one more child. So she has one more child after. I believe Annie. two more after, but yes. Oh, okay. Phoebe is the sixth of of eight. So anyway, okay. Phoebe doesn't have too many memories of her father, who we just dragged through the mud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because he is, she is four or five years old. When about the only memory she has of her father was when he was trapped in a storm. On his four, uh, when he was riding back from his 14 mile ride back from work, Annie would later recall in her wife, quote, mother became more and more nervous. Small as I was, I can remember her face as she knelt and prayed for daddy's return. 11 o'clock came, 12 o'clock came, and then the wagon heard and my mother was thanking God. She threw open the door and ran forth into the face of a raging storm. Daddy with the reins around his neck and his hands were frozen. He sat upright in the seat and the wagon. He did not answer my mother's greeting. Unfortunately for Jacob, he's not going to recover from this. He eventually dies of pneumonia or just being out from the storm for so long. Uh, that's really the only memory. So when you said storm, you were talking about a big old, big old snowstorm. I believe it was like sleet, but yes. Okay. Uh, for some reason, I was thinking like thunderstorm. Uh, it could have been too, but yes, it, it would have been on, more on the colder side than anything because he, his hands were frozen. It sounds like he was even staring it with his neck. If you caught that, yeah, like, he really had yeah. hands around like, um, 
Yeah, he'd he 14 miles on horseback. That would have took a couple hours, probably. Oh, uh, he was lost in it, too. The ride itself probably would take, you know, an hour or so, hour or two. But yeah, um, he doesn't make it, unfortunately. Dang. With her father dead, Annie's mother, Susan, who was still a teen or barely in her 20s, and who already hasn't had the best of health in her life, is forced to work to keep food on the table. She is so busy with work that Annie and her sisters have to take caring, take care of their sister, who happens to also be dying of tuberculosis. Oh, jeez. It's a real rough start. The sister. Yeah, that's how up, um, um, Billy the Kid's mom died. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of it's somewhat similar right now. Uh, it's her sister, and she was taking care of it, but like, she's seven or eight years old. Like, it's not a great start, right? And you said she eventually did die. Yes, her sister did did die. Well, because at this point, if you got tuberculosis, it's a death sentence. Like you're right. going to die. So it's just a matter of when. Even as young as six years old. Annie uses a 40-inch cap-and-ball Winchester rifle to hunt small games such as quail. After a few successful hunting trips with a small rifle, Annie and her brother want to step it up a little bit, and they would like to use her father's rifle that had been sitting on the fireplace since his death. While Annie wouldn't tell exactly what happened, she would mention that the first time she fired that gun, she walked away with a red nose and some black marks over her face. (laughs) Pretty strong evidence she overloaded the gun with powder and she just had a black face for a while. <laughs> kind of like a cartoon. Hair's sticking all the way back. Basically like a stick of dynamite. So she does eventually go on to use that gun, but might have taken a few times of getting used to it. But the family desperately needs anything Annie can get as the family is so destitute that Annie is now responsible for hunting most of their food at this time. And how old is she? Six? Six or seven. Jeez, that's a lot of responsibility for us. Where are her brothers and sisters that are older than her? Also working, but also what a wonderful segue. Thank you, Matt. (laughs) Sometimes I swear you are looking at my notes. (laughs) Am I screen sharing and you're just following along? (laughs) Around nine years old, things look up briefly as Ma- as Annie's mother starts dating again, and Andy Annie even attends school for a hot minute. She shows promise as a student, but she soon has to be pulled out again to continue to help her family, which is now losing the family farm. Annie's mother would seek work on the neighboring farm, but she would still have to offer her children out to servants to serve as servants or as farm hands in order to keep more food on the table. Annie is hired out to a young couple with an infant's child who are not able to pay money, but they do promise to enroll Annie into school in exchange to be a live-in servant. Annie goes with this couple. She's nine years old, and I'm just going to read what she is responsible for. Are you ready? As a nine-year-old. As a nine-year-old. Take care of the couple's newborn. One. She would start her day at 4 a.m., milk the family's two cows, feed the pigs, chickens, and calves, head back into the house and make breakfast. She would then wash the dishes, pump out fresh water for the cattle, rock the baby to sleep, weed the garden, clean around the house, 
make lunch by 11.30, more dishes and odd jobs. She would then go back and milk out the cattle again, then make dinner. Listen, all you nine-year-olds out there right now that are complaining about taking out the trash, it could be worse. It could be worse. What I find hilarious, or not hilarious, but <laughs> hilarious. crazy, <laughs> um, she is like nine and she has to make breakfast, lunch, and dinner, do all the chores, and take care of an infant. You're yeah. nine and you're yeah. taking care of an infant? First off, what kind of people are like, eh, she's nine, she's got it. Uh, the one that can't pay and are just going to enroll her for school for any, that's what they're doing. So yeah. Better not be air quotes on Sunsen when you said oh. enroll in school. Oh, God, it is. <laughs> Go on, Eric. Re- continue. Again, are you sure you're not reading my notes? <laughs> <laughs> I could just, man, this is like a bad movie already. <laughs> Now, Annie, to her credit, would never specifically name the family. Because let me tell you, if these people treated me this way, I would have put them on blast. But she would only refer to them as a nickname and call them the wolves. When a letter comes to the wolves that is actually meant for Annie to say that her mother was sick and requested for her to come home. Also, her stepfather is now injured after falling in a valley after he ran onto a bridge what the train was on, which let's take a second to unpack that. He fell from a valley after he was running on a bridge that a train was on. <laughs> I need more wait, wait. for yeah. this story. <laughs> I bet you're wondering how I ended up here. How much alcohol was involved? Because the answer isn't zero. What was he doing? I mean, was he trying to reenact and stand by me running from the train or what? You haven't played Red Dead Redemption, have you? The first one I have. Okay. The second one, there's a there's a very drunk pastor who does pretty much the same thing. And I just, Reverend Swanson just came into my head and Arthur Morgan needed to come. What happened to him? Well, play the game, man. <laughs> I wonder if they took it from this story. Hey. Maybe they do take a lot, but anyway, so we got to continue. So again, Annie is desperately needed at home while both parents are recovering. The wolves reply on Annie's behalf and that it would be a detriment to her to return her and that she loved it so much here and she was doing so well in school and how much she just loved being here and we just can't send her back. However, Uh, Annie hadn't even been enrolled in school yet. Annie never saw the letter. To give you an idea of how much the wolves shut her out of her life, Annie's stepfather dies later, and she doesn't find out until she returns home two years later. Where's stepfather? We told you. (laughs) God dang. The cruelest of possible, like this has, this is like fairy tale, bad stepmothering. So does, does she go home? Like you said in two years later, when she goes home, is it like she like just leaves on her own accord or like, do they like fire her or like what happened? Uh, we'll get into that in a second, but we have some more depression to go through before we get there. Oh, okay. Okay. 
living conditions were not ideal either. Annie doesn't even have a room to herself as they would sleep in the living room with a curtain dividing the couple and Annie. And because Annie has no formal education, is unable to read and write at this point, she's unable to write a letter back home to let their family know how she's doing. She is effectively a prisoner of this family with no escape. On top of that, they would hit her with a whip. And then when she would cry to go home, they would say something to the tune of, if you ask that again, I will cut your liver and heart out and hang them on a stake for the crows to pick. Who was this freaking family? The wolves. We'll never know. It might have come out later. I didn't look because like that's some that's something I just don't want to look into. I do give Annie credit for not calling them out, though, because I would have. Yeah, that's so terrible. On top of that, as if it wasn't worse enough, they would also do like mental trickster, which shouldn't be surprising. But her day would start at 4 a.m. Unless the wolves would set the hour, the clock back an hour. So she would actually have to wake up at three so they could get just a little bit more work out of her that day. But the worst night that Annie would go into detail about Annie is actually falls asleep while she's darning or as she's mending clothes. She's exhausted enough. She actually falls asleep with the needle in her hand. She wakes up suddenly by the wife slapping and pinching Annie and forcing her to get back to work. Annie was just in her stocking feet and then was sobbing as soon as she was woken up. And then she was placed in the dark kitchen where she continues to sob again. The woman comes back into the kitchen and angrily shook her and opened the door and pushed her into a midwinter night. The ground was covered in two feet of snow. Annie would recall, quote, suddenly the she-wolf struck me across the ears, threw me out into the dark snow and locked the door. I had no shoes on and I was freezing slowly to death. So I got on my knees and looked towards God's clear sky and prayed up with my lips frozen so stiff, there was no sound. Annie looks for any opportunity to escape. And one day, when the man and woman are out of the house, she runs for it to the nearest rail station, and she all but begs a man to pay for her fare back, which he does. Annie returns home, but is there for two weeks when the man-wolf returns and walks into the school that she had just been recently enrolled in. He demanded that Annie be returned to him as he was promised to him until she was 18 years old. And if it wasn't for multiple farmers who witnessed this quite literal kidnapping, she likely would have went back, but she is ultimately saved. The wolves are now in the past. Whew. Dang, that's intense. She's like 12 at this point. What a horrible start to your life at like 12 years old. From like, yeah, six to 12. So like six years, she was living pretty rough. I'm surprised she didn't like grab one of his guns and like kill him in the middle of the night. She had the skill to. Yeah, I know. She was like hunting for her family all those Mm -hmm. times, but like for before that. Mm -hmm. I wonder how bad her mom felt. I don't know if her mother ever truly knew. 
to be honest well, with you. Yeah, I mean, you get home and your second husband's dead. Are you really going to be like, she probably, was she really like, you're right. never going to believe what I just went through. It it had to have been a big like blur for her because she is either sick or she's had two husbands die already. Did her younger, did her youngest sister die before she went or after? Do you know? I'm not sure if it was an older or younger sister, but it was, it was before. Oh, okay. So yeah, she also lost her child. Yeah. Man, Which, that family's seen some stuff. It's real bleak for the Moseses. Obviously a step up from being a prisoner. Annie's home life is still pretty destitute. Annie's mother works as a district nurse, but is still single and trying to raise all of her children herself. For, even for a time, Annie is loaned out again, this time to a poor farm where she works as a seamstress and then returns to her family when she's about 15. That one much less consequential than the first time, but now she's 15 years old. And then she picks up an old habit because she begins hunting again, uh, begins hunting again and able to sell food for the town. She picks up a shotgun and heads off into the woods where she would quite literally skip and jump something similar to like a murder ballet. As far as I can tell, (laughs) If you were an animal and heard this cute little girl uh, skipping la, through the la, 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 la. It was horrifying, let me tell you. I see like a cartoon of like a little bunny. Well, hi, little girl. Well, hi, Mr. Bunny. <laughs> Gets all dark. <laughs> Come play. <laughs> do you remember? It, it's like, it, do you remember when uh, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck are doing shoot the rabbit, kill the rabbit? kill the duck thing yeah imagine them doing that and then andy just comes up and just kills them both like it just, <laughs> there's what no hope playing? these poor animals have no hope her skills are refined even though she's about 15 years old and she continues to be the breadwinner for her family once again she's good enough to hunt the animals sell them off and then keep food on the table that she's even able to pay off the $200 mortgage on the property. Jeez. She's making bank. She's doing very well. Also the miraculous words, $200 to pay off a mortgage. I know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'll buy you a loaf of bread now. If I wasn't depressed before $200 to pay off a mortgage. (laughs) And their house was probably not even that bad. I don't know. <laughs> they just got to move that decimal over a couple five Four or five places. spots. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, good for Annie, I guess. She starts growing a small level of fame in the country and has a reputation for being a better shot than anyone in the county on horseback or on foot. She would even enter competitions that no one even dared to challenge her. If she was the first one to sign up on the competition, it would be a blank list for the rest of it because she just knew Annie was going to win it. There's no way to be here. Please don't let Annie be here. Please don't let Annie. Dang it. Crap. La, 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 la. Yeah, I forgot. I left left my ammo at home. Got to go. Oh, sorry, sorry, guys. I left my pride and reputation at home. I can't shoot today. She's going to destroy it. <laughs> Man, so she must have been real good. She was very, very good. She's so good 
that when a 30-year-old Irish immigrant, a relatively well-known competition shootist named Frank Butler, who comes into the area and is working for various traveling shows. Traveling shows at this time are huge entertainment. We have Buffalo Bill's Wild West show on the rise, but there are multiple traveling shows that are going around that are drawing big crowds. Now, not the 20,000-seat stadiums that we're used to, but still thousands of people just going around the country. It's the entertainment to go to if they came into your area. Miller goes up to a bunch of farmers in a hotel and asks, is there anyone that would be interested in coming to our show in Cincinnati and challenging me? The farmers think, uh, we're not interested. However, we do have someone in mind for you. They wouldn't tell Front Butler who it is. But they will take a $100 collective bet that the competitor will beat Butler at the competition. Oh, shoot. Butler accepts it thinking, okay. I'm the best. Sure. I'm a professional shootist. You hicks. I hear this all the time, guys. Fine. Go find your imaginary competitor. It's probably actually happened before. We got someone that can beat you. Okay. I'm sure he was probably like, he would be surprised if this didn't happen. How do you think I make my living? (laughs) You guys know I'm a professional, right? Like this is what I do for a living. I didn't just come in here talking about this for fun. Uh, I get money for this. So they make a collective bet and you can almost see the hotel keeper like running in glee to Annie's house where she has to be coaxed but she does agree to go to Cincinnati and for Annie going into Cincinnati, this is the first time she would have been to a big city or anything resembling a big city. You would have to think this would be pretty intimidating for her, but she accepts the bet. She goes into Cincinnati and Butler would later admit that when he saw his 15 year old challenger, he was taken off guard. As I guess you would be. In fact, when she comes to the shooting range for the first time, he just points at her and goes, who's the cute little country girl? Which I'm sure motivated the hell out of Annie. Right? (laughs) I'll show you who I am. Puts the rifle on the freaking counter. Meanwhile, all of like the animals in the forest are like still shuddering. Like, oh, you shouldn't have said that. You've made her mad. You've made her mad. No, they're like, oh, thank God she left for a while to a city. Oh, thank God. All of them, like, they see her walking away and they're poking their heads behind trees. Like, is it safe to come out now? She looks over her shoulder quickly. and like, oh, God. <laughs> Please stay away. The competition is a pretty straightforward one. They're going to do 25 rounds each, each shooter going back and forth while the targets are being sent out. The targets, by the way, are any specialty. They're live birds. Oh, they're, gonna, they're just going to kill 50 birds <laughs> on Tuesday. Just for fun. <laughs> like, why not? What else do you have? I was going to ask if they were moving targets. So I, that's interesting <laughs> that they use they live. Just live. No, yeah, we got live birds. Oh, okay. I'd like, who's the poor guy that had to catch all of them? <laughs> right. Oh, my job's finally done. Uh, for the afternoon. No, 50 yeah. should last us all week. Nope. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> I don't know if you've seen, we've seen this little uh, 15 year old bird murderer. <laughs> He's going to eat that up. That's going to be the appetizer. Annie and Butler follow each other shot for shot, but sometime near the em- end of the competition, Butler misses. <gasps> no. Annie paused for only a moment to just give a quick little smile at Butler because she already knew she won. Oh. And little, and wouldn't you know it, by the end, she hit all 25. Did he hit 24 then? He did. Oh, man. One first mistake, only mistake. Annie is only the second person to ever beat Frank in a competition. And he had been doing this a while. Rather than storm off in a bit of jealousy and anger, uh, Butler has the exact opposite reaction and instantly has the hots. Oh, no. (laughs) And I'm in love. And that's all I needed. (laughs) He is instantly smitten with the young teenage prodigy and offers her tickets to the next show, which her and her family agree to. They also agreed that Butler would take them out to lunch, which, as you can probably tell from earlier in this episode, they were much obliged to go eat lunch at a restaurant where someone else was paying. Right. During which Butler gives them the tickets to the next show and Annie does attend. And you can only imagine Butler looking at directions at her after every shot. During his performance, Annie would become exposed to the showmanship during his act, which included a small dog named George. And during the act, George would balance an apple on its nose while standing on its hind legs, and Frank would shoot an apple off it and perform other tricks in the show. Annie, of course, is invited backstage to visit Frank after the show, and Annie is absolutely excited for George, (laughs) who she gives all of her attention to the little dog. But Frank offers the idea that Annie would write to George, and George would write back to her. Don't tell me she buys that. Soon a relationship between George and the dog and Annie continue. Oh, no. Now, should I ask you, is this smooth? 100% totally smooth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. He can also write you letters. I I wish one of those letters survived. (laughs) Do you think it's just like she has this one really like well- well thought out written letter and then it's just a paw print that just says rough at the top (laughs) (laughs) or it's just a bunch of scooby-doo language like halfway through the up halfway through the through the letter gosh dang so how long does this go on for it can't be that long she's 15 she's 15 yeah and 15 is is a much more acceptable age than Jake Moses and his wife. This is, I wouldn't even say it's taboo at this point. It's, this is a fairly, she's young, but it's not, uh, it's not really frowned upon at this point. A year passes by 
and the letters between George and Annie, the, uh, between George and Annie, when Frank comes back into the area, and then he just simply asks Ma- Annie to marry him, for which she agrees. Dang. I think George the dog was probably a little offended. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You mean I've been writing you this year and you're just going to go with the other guy? No, 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 uh, Missy. Did you not see me balance an egg while I was on my hind legs, lady? <laughs> Do you think I was doing that for fun? I learned how to write letters for you. <laughs> and you're just going to marry that guy? Him. Huh. To give you an idea of their type of relationship, a letter survives between Frank and Annie near the time of their marriage, and it contains a poem that is so adorable, it almost makes you want to throw up a little bit. The name of the poem is called Little Raindrops. Are you ready to have your heart melted? 100%. There is a charming little girl so many miles from here. She's a loving little fairy. You'd fall in love to see her. Her presence would remind you of an angel in the sky. And you bet I love this little girl with the raindrops in her eyes. Some fine day I'll settle down and stop this roving life. With a cottage in the country, I will claim my little wife. We will then be happy and contented and no quarrels will arise. And I will never leave my little girl with the raindrops in her eyes. The couple get married, and really for the next six years, it's relatively uneventful for Annie. She travels along with Frank and his partner named Graham as they put on shooting expeditions, but she really isn't a part of it. And in fact, she really doesn't even want to be part of it. The irony is, Frank knows she's the better shot. I'm going to assume Graham knows she's the better shot, but she just doesn't want any part of that life. Until one day, Graham becomes sick. And Frank almost needs to beg his wife to be part of the show, which she finally agrees to. A warning is given to the audience before the show that a woman was coming in from private life to be part of the show because Graham is sick. When Annie arrives, literally in her street clothes... With no rehearsal, she just is going off the memories of the show she had been watching for the last six years. There was no need to practice for Annie. This was just shooting. She could care less that there was an audience involved. For one of the first tricks, Annie holds a candle for Frank to put out and aim and shoot at the flame. Obviously nervous that his wife is holding a candle... Uh, close to her face Frank misses to the point where he starts getting heckled (laughs) (laughs) at least shoot her come on give us a show shoot your wife (laughs) now somebody suggests in the crowd that maybe it's time for the girls to start shooting which Annie Annie gladly does she's given her gun and starts shooting a cork out the top of a bottle, which Frank is holding next to him. She levels the gun and missed. (gasps) What? She then realized that the stage light in her eye was actually throwing off her vision a bit. She lined up again and hit it. 
After a few more tricks, the, the crowd really starts falling in love with Annie. And Annie is starting to enjoy the performance. The murder ballet is back on, baby. This time it's bottles. And the crowd can be heard, or in the crowd heard her singing her sweet little hum. <laughs> the animal death song. Whatever the Disney animal kingdom is, that death song was coming up. You're all going to die down here. <laughs> I think all the animals in the forest were just, oh, thank God, it's bottles, guys. So she's trapped. She's She can no longer come near us. They got Carl! <laughs> Crazy Carl? Yeah. It's exactly right. Is it? Is it exactly right? For those who don't get that reference, go listen to our crazy horse episode. Matthew. As soon as the next day, they even go and find Annie's costume because it's very apparent that this act is going to work. Annie chooses the stage name Oakley because she takes it from her grandmother. And soon Butler and Oakley are now set on a few cards. Which it doesn't take long for the show for Annie to completely overshadow her husband. And Frank, to his credit, is perfectly fine with that. But it's probably also a lot easier to swallow that pill when you can just see call like cartoon dollar signs in your eyes too. Like these checks are gonna cash quite nicely. Here Go comes ahead. the money. Money, 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 money. Right? Diving in the pool of gold. Just listening to money. Going to these shows, you would see plenty of frauds that would attempt to trick the audience. What made Annie so intriguing was that she was also young and beautiful, but she was also completely legit. One fame shootist claimed that he could hit piano strings with a bullet and play a tune, which was apparently very popular during the time. Until... One time his gun jammed and the piano just happened to keep playing. Oh, busted. Whoopsie. Do you think he did the Ashley Simpson SNL thing? He did like that little jig before she ran off, like that little hoedown. Do you remember that? (laughs) You mean when she was caught lip syncing? Yeah, lip syncing on Saturday Night Live. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. Uh, that big hook that big opera hook uh, that's the time for this by the way they could get that big shepherd's hook and pull him right off the stage oh that's hilarious well other men would claim to do things such as placing a card on top of a glass they would walk 30 paces away and appeared to shoot the card off of the bottle when in reality it wasn't the bullet that knocked the card off the glass it was just the wind from the bullet itself by contrast Annie would get around this by having Frank hold the card and she would just shoot the heart in the center of it. God, your fingers are so close to that. I mean, even if you, even if you like bring it as far up as you can, I mean, it's close. And also most of her trick shots were used with a shotgun. Yeah, she's, she's good. She's She's real good. (laughs) Now, granted that one, Probably not a shotgun because I don't think Frank would have a hand anymore, but most of her shots, especially if she's going into competition, she's using a shotgun. Another trick, you would put a cigar in your mouth 
And then if you were a fraud, you would stick a bobby pin or a wire clear through and you would light it. As soon as the shot was fired, you would then flick the piece of wire in your mouth so the ash would fly off the end of the cigarette. Annie would get around this by just hitting the cigarette out of Frank's mouth. (laughs) I'm getting as close to your lips as possible, honey. (laughs) That is some trust. I love how it's like, to get by this, she would just shoot closer. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to think that Either they never got in an argument, because let me tell you, if I ever got in an argument with my wife and then I had to go re- perform a trick shot show. <laughs> OK, OK. You don't want to take out the garbage. OK, OK. It's time for our show. Let's go, hon. Let's go. No, I swear. I'll do it. I'll do it. No, no. Too late. Let's go. Come on. Let me go shoot a cigarette out of your mouth. <laughs> if the trick shots weren't enough to impress someone, some marathon shooting competitions did. In one of her first shows Annie takes part of, it lasts over nine hours and 5,000 shots. Annie hit 4,772 of the targets. How many people were there? Uh, Hopefully not 5,000 and then (laughs) 4,772. I mean, geez, that is... Did you say nine? You said nine hours, right? Nine hours, 5,000 shots. Hit 4,700 of them. That's pretty good. It's real good. I don't think I can breathe for nine hours without thinking about it, let alone if I hear a gun. Yeah, she was just popping away. I can't even imagine how tired your arms would be. Right, and I mean, it's not like back then they had earplugs. No <laughs> Her her hearing must have been real bad. <laughs> maybe Frank's was too, and maybe that was the true. That's true the key that I have. Point. <laughs> yeah, it was just a lot of like the what, like those big earphones that they had. Like you see a really, bunch of. Old I don't love you. I love you too, honey. <laughs> <laughs> so around this time, this is where Annie's story meets up with Sitting Bull. Hey, Hey, we know him. He was in the last episode. We're not talking about anything else in that episode. (laughs) (laughs) And as we talked in Sitting Bull's episode, he watches most of the show not impressed. And in fact, is giving more grunts of disapproval than anything. But then came Annie Oakley, where the grunts went from disappointment to really impressed. And for Sitting Bull, who I'm picturing isn't the most expressive person we've ever met, even just going from a frown to slightly less annoyed, I think it's a big deal. To then have the Sioux Chief jumping up and waving his arms in excitement, shouting Watanya Cecilia or Little Sure Shot is a heck of an achievement. When he heads back to the show, he tells his warriors that anyone that could shoot like that should be a Sioux. He then sends her a picture and wants to meet with her the next day. He then also sends her a message that he would like her to become his adopted daughter. Annie sends back a message saying, yes, because why in the hell wouldn't you? If you say no to that, I don't even want to know you. 
a short ceremony is held where a stick is broken over Annie's head. I don't think quite like Rafiki from The Lion King, but let's just go with it's like Rafiki from The Lion King where he whacks Simba really hard on it. Sitting Bull thought he was counting coup for a minute and realized, oh crap, not here, not here. I don't know. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, 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 that's done. That's done. That's over with. That's over with. It's actually probably the second part of the story where Frank was going to be the adopted son, but he was knocked out and couldn't continue. <laughs> a pipe is then passed, and Sitting Bull gives her a little gold nugget nugget from a lost mine, and then a dance is held. She made light of her adoption and even chuckled that she had, quote, the privileges and rank of a chieftain's daughter. And though she laughed and thought ever thought of taking up residence in Indian country kind of laughable, she would also say she was entitled to receive five ponies, a wigwam, no end in cattle, and other presents of livestock. (laughs) Frank uh, is a businessman and definitely sees that he can use the story to promote Annie as much as he can. And on May 5th, 1884, just two weeks after the incident, he puts an advertisement in a trade publication called the New York Clipper, where Frank knew how to pronounce Annie. The headline was, The Premier Shots, Butler and Oakley, Captured by Sitting Bull. Frank would then write the advertisement said Sitting Bull had given Annie a picture of himself, a large feather from the head of a crow chief, and the original pair of moccasins that he wore during the Custer fight. Let me tell you, that would work on me. I would go see. (laughs) I'd be like, okay, yeah, I mean, I would too. (laughs) Why not? Why not? That's some solid solid stuff she's got. Well, we said before that traveling shows are very popular around the 1880s. You'd have to be very careful who you choose to run with. Frank and Annie choose to travel with the Sells Brothers Brothers Circus, which is reliable work but has unreliable pay because as promoters could use discretion to pay who they believe brought in money during the mo- during the show. That's some bull crap right there. Yes, it is. And if you want to know, it still kind of happens for professional wrestling. If anyone cares about that, you still have promoters and that type withdraws and all of that. That system still kind of exists for anyone that cares. That's my one professional wrestling reference for the episode. I'm done now. No. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) No promises. The big show at the time is Buffalo Bill's Wild West show, which isn't as popular as it's going to be, but it's still very widely known. Bill Cody, however, is not the most savvy businessman. In fact, he would overspend the budget to make the grandest show possible. In this current trip that's going to end up in New Orleans, it's already $60,000 in the red. He's drawing crowds. People love it, but he's really just cutting through money. Nate Salisbury is brought in and is handing more of the handles, more of the responsibility when it comes to finance and making those decisions because Bill would have probably just spent the, the show into oblivion. As you would imagine, traveling shows would develop rivalries that would even sometimes end up in them running the same cities close to each other's appearance. Bill, Buffalo Bill, would even run billboards saying that you should actually just save up your money for the big show in a couple of weeks instead of going to the show today. 
That little shyster. <laughs> it's a nice little touch. Frank and Annie have a 40-week contract contract that ends in New Orleans. Buffalo Bill is also running a show around the same time. Annie and Frank are very interested in joining a bigger show because obviously that just means more money. Mm-hmm. But the problem is Bill already has a trick shot artist and his name is A.H. Bodaris. But bad luck hits the former armor captain when Cody Steamer carrying Bogardus' equipment sinks where he immediately quits the show. <laughs> and my question to you, I'd like Very to know where Frank quick. Butler was. <laughs> right? If Frank Butler was underneath like with one of those like old-timey drills at the bottom of the ship. <laughs> Well, I think that's funny. It's like, um, oh, you know, we're we're really sorry. Your your there's been an accident. Your equipment sank. Done. I quit. Nope. Can't work like this. <laughs> nope. It. I'm not gonna go get anything new. Nope. Screw it. As soon as he leaves the room, it's Frank Butler in a clearly wet suit. Like, hey, I have, I have an idea. Yeah, he's the sorry. one I told him, oh, dude. I don't know. I tried saving it, man. <laughs> so sorry. Is that a drill in your pocket? No. Do you think he was just like, when he found out, he was just like, well, when you know, you know. And he just walked out, just didn't say another word. Huh. I guess that's it. Wipe your hands clean. Guess my days are done. Well, how about that, lads? Just walks away. <laughs> this gives Annie and Frank an opportunity to audition to be part of the show. Bill is skeptical because he doesn't believe that Annie would be able to hold up to the entire schedule, which to be fair is pretty daunting, but I'd also wonder how many times he asked this question to other male competitors, but it's fine. Minor sexism aside, he's going to give them a chance or at least he's going to debate giving them a chance. Frank understands that Annie's potential as a star, that he's going to offer a three day tryout at some of the upcoming shows. And if Annie was a good draw and she impresses the crowd that he wouldn't be, that they would be invited to be part of Buffalo Bill's show. If they failed to impress bill wouldn't need to pay them anything for the three days. Another bet. Another bet that she's like, okay, whatever. Sure, let's do this. Why not? Even before the show, Annie is simply just practicing in an empty stadium with one man watching that happens to be Nate Salisbury, who is really excited to see Annie shoot. If you remember, Salisbury is Buffalo Bill's partner, where he says... Like, I picture, like, an old car salesman, like, fine, wonderful. Have you got any photographs with your gun? I prefer it intact. They reproduce better. My name is Salisbury, and I'm Cody's partner. And goes on, on, and on, and on, like a bad-used car salesman. Eventually, he's impressed with Annie enough. He wants to spend $7,000 worth of printing just on billboards. After only seeing her once, that's insane. 7000 is so much money. As Bill promised, it is a grueling tour. It's going to be 40 cities over the next year. Plus, it's not like they're really jumping on a plane to get there. It's wagon between, wagon or train between. It's a lot of packing up and going. They anticipated that over 150,000 people would show up to the 40 cities. And this isn't back when we held large arenas. 
this is kind of when a large crowd was about 5,000 people plus side performances that you'd have to give interest to get people to get to the main show. Kind of like what Butler was doing with Annie before go to a smaller town, challenge a few people and then get them to come up to the big show. Annie now starts adding elements of entertainment to her show and would even put on like a, a cute little girl persona that would just drive men wild. When she entered the arena, she would happen to trip just as she was going in. Of course. Gotta, gotta, gotta play up the crowd a little bit. Oops. Look how clumsy <laughs> I am. Silly me. One of her opening shots, she would miss. Just so she could pretend to pout. Oh, jeez, she is a she is an actress, all right. She's done it. She's found the she's found the right combination. Now, returning audience members that were paying attention probably noticed that she would miss the same shot in every performance, but I don't think they cared. Dang it, darling, she missed again. <laughs> <laughs> she's done it. It's the fifth time in a row she's missed the first shot. Take more of my money, please. She could shoot with either arm, and she could even hit a target looking through a mirror with her gun pointed behind her, which is unfair. (laughs) That is really, that's actually really hard. That's, do you know the mind F to shoot that accurately? I can't, like, I would just stare at the mirror. My brain would explode trying to picture if I needed to point it left or right or what was reversed. Right? I wonder how long she practiced. She probably didn't even practice. She probably just did it on the first try. She probably That's probably how she killed her first deer when she was six. <laughs> how she tempted him in. We're safe. She's using a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, God. She's learned to split the bullet. <laughs> <laughs> She would then tell in interviews that she just had the love of gun that was born inside her and that she had no real training and that it was all natural talent, which probably just angered. It just, it's frustrating to hear that. To hear somebody who's that sickeningly good at shooting anything, it's, it's impressive. It's disgusting is what it is. During most of her show, she would shoot at glass balls with feathers loaded into them, and that way it would be clear to an audience that they were hit. She would sometimes toss them up herself or would shoot multiple times when they were in the air. Considering she is using a double barrel shotgun, anytime she shot more than two, she would have to put the shotgun down, pick up another one off of a table, and then fire both of those barrels before all the balls hit the ground. Damn. I couldn't do it. To throw all four of them up yourself really high shoot twice put down the gun pick up the other gun and then shoot twice hit them both before they hit the ground that's like what three seconds yeah depending on how far you can get like disgusting how good she was fast one of the first people annie interact with was a man named johnny baker who was around her time who was around her age at the time she joined up And in an interview with Courtney Riley Cooper years later, Cooper asked Johnny that if he let Annie win or if Annie was really that good. And Baker replied, 
There was never a day where I didn't try to beat her, but it just couldn't be done. You know the ordinary person has nerves. I wasn't any different from the ordinary person, but Annie was the minute she picked up the rifle or a shotgun, it seemed that she was making a machine out of herself with every action, and it went like clockwork. And for every fellow she beat, or anybody like that. Truth be told, it would have made for a better show had I been able to beat her a couple of time, every couple of appearances, but it just couldn't be done. Not everyone is impressed with Annie, as Johnny Baker was. That person was name was Lillian Smith. Lillian is 11 years younger than Annie when she joins Buffalo Bill's Wild West show in Staten Island in 1886. And according to the Wild West program, Lillian was born in California in 1871. And at seven years old, she, quote, expressed herself as dissatisfied with dolls and wanted a, quote, little rifle. Her father bought her a 22 caliber rifle and she became and became her promoter. The 22 caliber rifle for anyone who plays Red Dead Redemption, it's the varmint rifle. If that helps anyone envision what that was. Very small gun. She would then enter local turkey shoots for a while because eventually the lane was so good, they actually banned her from the turkey shoots to give the boys a chance to win <laughs> one for a while. <laughs> you gotta let someone else win. <laughs> just a lot of shattered boys' dreams just around. A bunch of dead turkeys and dead dreams. It's really what this episode is about. <laughs> when she joined Buffalo Bill's show, Bill would offer $10,000 to anyone who could outshoot Lillian with a rifle. And Lillian wasn't afraid to let everyone know that, quote, now that I'm in the Wild West, Annie Oakley is done for. Ooh, the proverbial shots fired. And this literal shot. Literally, yeah. Actually, a lot of shots are being fired. A lot of feathery glass balls are being destroyed. Lillian, to her credit, could hold her own. During her show, she could break 25 glass balls in a minute. And if that wasn't fast enough, she could strike a plate 30 times in 15 seconds. And another trick, she would shoot two balls that were moving rapidly around a string on a pole. The St. Louis Republican found her, quote, graceful and skillful in her handling of a rifle and a revolver. And her performances was, quote, one of the most catching features of the show. Oakley biographer Cheryl Casper writes that the increasing tension of the two and that Smith's press coverage was not as glowing as it was to Annie. To keep up with her now younger version of herself, Annie, who is now 26 at this time, now says she's 20. Oh, dang. So she is kind of threatened. She's, yes, Lillian is a threat. Now, Annie has a really slight stature, really petite uh, form. So this isn't hard to do, but you can kind of see this is getting to her, as you said. Annie seldomly spoke about her pu- her feelings publicly against Smith, at least not in her name. But she would uh, she would make fun of Lillian's quote ample figure and poor grammar. Dang, Annie Chew! Yeah, what a savage! What horrible thing, right? Tell me they go head to head. Maybe. 
we'll get that there. summer. Again, are you reading my notes? <laughs> <laughs> That's not for a while. We have a little bit before then. That summer, Oakley is running a high fever and actually is sick for a tent. She rose in the opening day parade of the Wild West show in New York City because Annie was determined to be in that parade because she just made a new costume with saddle trappings that was very prominently featured the name Oakley. Basically saying, I'm Annie, don't you dare confuse me with the other one. And she made it a point, and I'm not kidding you, she almost passed out of exhaustion just to get to the to get through this parade. <laughs> so that people, a lot of people could see her with the name Oakley so that they wouldn't mistake her for her. Frank and Annie would still hold public competitions in order to drum up business for the shows, as like we said when Frank met Annie. One of them is up against a man, and in preparation she and Frank head out to practice. Annie smashed 25 targets and then handed the gun to Frank so that he could get a shot at his targets. She walked over to the trap and slid the target to him. But just as she pulled her hand out, the spring flew out and cut Annie's hand to the tune of five to 14 stitches. Oof. Oof. She ain't shooting for a while, is she? And for a while, you mean the next day. <laughs> she had a doctor stitch her up, put her arm in a sling, and she still wanted to perform. Now, there's a couple reasons to do this. Annie wants to keep going. Frank is perfectly fine forfeiting. Annie hears from outside that the opposing manager wasn't going to postpone and that any money that was now his because Annie just forfeited. Annie then told Frank, quote, I'll shoot with one hand before I submit to anything like that. And that's exactly what she does. She's going to shoot with one arm for this competition. And before it starts, Frank makes an announcement that Annie is hurt and is going to shoot with one hand. But if she's unable to do so, she will forfeit 75% of the gate. That was her cut. Dang. If If anyone would like a refund... Please go and get it now, which is probably the worst thing he could have done because now there's twice as more intrigue if they of everyone that's now on the show. Of course, I'm not going to leave. The machine that is shooting might be injured. I want to see this happen. Now, for this competition, it's not just glass balls they're shooting at. They're back to shooting at live birds again. Love them. Live birds. Those poor birds. But then on the 11th bird, a bird flies out so fast that it surprises Annie. But rather than let the bird go unmurdered, uh, she just simply pulls her hand out of the sling and fires, which rips out all of the stitches. Oh, no. Frank immediately runs over to his wife and stops the competition. It's she's going to forfeit. She's done. Annie seemed to be quite annoyed with that decision, but she retired. Although the crowd was cheering for her, but the more annoying thing to Annie, the bird got hit just outside like the scoring zone. 
because you had to hit it within a certain ring. Apparently, the bird uh, landed just outside it. So it didn't even count? Nope. Sure did not. Ripped all those staples out, or stitches out for nothing. <laughs> did I get it? Nope. I mean, you did. It's well dead, but it doesn't it doesn't matter anymore. Now, to me, the most painful part of that story isn't the ripping out of the stitches again. Can you imagine getting stitches a second time in the same place right? <laughs> in the 1880s? That's some pain. It takes a couple of months for Haney to heal. But Wild Will's Wild West show reaches its new height when it is invited to perform for Queen Victoria for her Jubilee in 1887. Now, the thrill of a Victorian woman performing for Queen Victoria is literally a once in a lifetime opportunity. In March 1887, the Wild West show is in England preparing for a show in attendance where they are expected to perform with such men such as Oscar Wilde, the future King Edward, and the Grand Duke Michael of Russia are all in attendance. Now, the Grand Duke of Russia has a reputation of being a good shot and then challenges Annie to a competition. Annie accepts, but is caught between Buffalo Bill who would like her to do the politically correct thing and just let him win. And Nate Salisbury telling her, shoot him off his feet, destroy him, take all of his hopes and dreams and flush it right down the toilet. The Grand Duke was apparently a pretty good shot from clay pigeons uh, between 40 and 50 feet. But for the competition, it was agreed that they would actually fire at clay pigeons from about 65 feet. And they would go to a round of 50. Do you want to take a bet on which uh, advice Annie took? Buffalo Bills or Salisbury's? I like me some Salisbury steak. Oh, so did Annie. The Grand Duke hit a respectable 36 out of 50. Annie hit 47. 42. Dang. Okay. 47. Wow. The Grand Duke, uh, yeah, like at 65 feet, that's some consistency. The Grand Duke apparently didn't take it well, but there's really nothing he could do. He just got beat by her quite soundly. During the performance of the Grand Jubilee in front of Queen Victoria, Annie is impressed enough, according to according to one paper, quote, the girl shot did some capital shooting at the glass balls thrown by the trap of her hand. She did so well that Prince Edward called her up to the royal box to congratulate her. And he extended his hand out to shake Annie's hand. Dang. Okay. And Annie stuck her hand out and shook the hand of his wife first. <laughs> oh, damn. <gasps> She's now, breaking is, some rules right now. <laughs> you ain't kidding. Because the, the newspapers in London hated it. Saying that she would have, as far as British goes, we say hating it. They called it some charming naivete. (laughs) Oh, so nice in their words. It also didn't help that Annie told Edward, you'll have to excuse me, please, because I am an American. And in America, ladies come first. Oh, 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 Miss Oakley, what you doing, girl? 
I should also add just like a little bit of a little bit with seasoning, little garnish to this dish. There were rumors that Prince Edward was cheating on his wife, and that's why Annie chose to shake the wife's hand oh. first. I'm just over here drinking the tea, just <laughs> drinking the tea. All of which is this perfectly wonderful story. <laughs> Suck it, Edward. <laughs> you ain't crap, Edward. Now, this played up really well in the States, as you would imagine, because this young woman just upstaged the future king of England in right. the best way possible. Despite any accused naivete, Annie and Lillian still have their their uh, grudge going on. And they're invited to a competition at Wimbledon, which this is an incredibly prestigious shooting competition where the best shooters in all of Britain would show up. Even Buffalo Bill is uh, invited to go, but he just doesn't respond, which actually gets him quite a bit of heckling from the British press because Bill is supposedly to have a really good shot, but he sends the two girls instead. Lillian is the first to show up. She is wearing a white summer dress and a yellow Mexican sash with a plug hat. And according to Oakley biographer Cheryl Casper, Lillian, quote, her shooting was a disaster. The first two bullets missed the target entirely. And the next shot hit the haunch of the iron animal. The crowd laughed as hitting the haunch was even worse than killing than missing the target at all. Because in real life, the deer would be able to run away and it would suffer rather than having a clean kill. Lillian then sat up, claiming that the gun was heavier than what she was used to and that she would be back Thursday with her own rifle. She then left. And then Thursday came and Lillian didn't come back. Oh, she knew. She knew. Annie then shows up to the competition. And for whatever freaking reason, Annie's score isn't written down. What? <laughs> right. I was literally about ready. I was I was hoping you'd be like, and she just walked up and shot like the best score. But nope. Oh, yeah, they just decided not to record it. The newspapers did report that it was, quote, a fairly good record and, quote, more successful at Wim- Wimbledon than her comrade in arms. <laughs> and you can almost picture Annie holding up that paper like Truman, like at the presidential election when that said Dewey beats Truman, that headline, Annie holding it up just as ha- proud as Harry Truman did. I can't imagine she did poorly, though. She didn't perform poorly at all. In fact, Prince Edward, remember the guy she just, uh, you know, shunned, like yeah. embarrassed? Uh, he pushed his way through the crowd to congratulate her. Oh, wow. That's how well she did. Okay. So that's okay. pretty good. Pretty good. Just write down the score, maybe, guys, huh? Maybe? Huh? While Lillian didn't make a good impression at Wimbledon, she did take a win in the PR department because Lillian's friends would write in American newspapers that Lillian was the toast of London and that she had actually beat Oakley in the competition. Lillian, what are you doing? You lost fair and square. Suck it up. Well, some papers wouldn't post the story as it would take pretty minimal research to debunk the letters. Some papers did. And Lillian was, quote, 
knocking the English shooters crazy while Annie, quote, was being left out in the cold. (laughs) Annie was then described as, quote, almost illiterate. And that Lillian presented herself to the queen and the queen to the Grand Duke, but also failed that Annie was also there when they were presented. They were presented together in front of the queen. Lillian wasn't the only problem Annie was having issues with, as there's some drama brewing between Buffalo Bill and Annie herself. Now, Annie, if you can't tell, kind of keeps all of these tiffs to herself. She's not even outwardly expressing a lot of anger towards Lillian nor the wolves. Kind of the same thing with Buffalo Bill's. Even Annie would say on the increasingly strained relationship with Buffalo Bill that the, quote, reasons for doing so would be too long to tell. However, Annie does leave the show shortly after the expedition in Wimbledon and actually wouldn't rejoin the tour in Paris the next season. Hmm. So she was done. She was gone. She came to the States for a back, toured for a bit, and then came back. One person not in Paris? Lillian? Lillian Smith. <laughs> Lillian was no longer part of the show. Oh, she she left she left Buffalo Bill altogether? Uh, I think I think it was a pretty swift break. It sounded like Annie would come back, but Lillian wouldn't be there. Now they're in Paris off and on for three years for, for touring. And it's really kind of the same same show they're putting on except for there is a humorous story with the king of senegal the king watched annie shoot and is instantly impressed the king goes directly to buffalo bill and asks quote how much do you want for her (laughs) buffalo pill pulled on his white goatee and says how do you mean to sell her i wish to take her back with me in my country my people are not safe from many villages there are man-eating tigers in many of the districts, and one of these animals would cause so much damage. With a person like her, with such a wonderful skill, it would be easy to organize party with her as the chief huntress. The danger would soon be passed, and would you consider 100,000 francs sufficient? Now, Buffalo Bill thinks this is just hilarious. The funniest thing he's ever been offered. <laughs> And he goes to Annie with the offer, and Annie asked him, am I for sale? (laughs) And Buffalo Bill goes, probably with a joke, well, come to think of it, I guess you ain't. And you can either picture Annie as like, thank you, like a genuine laugh, or like, F you, buddy, (laughs) for you to even even consider it. Oh, I guess you're not, huh? Yeah. I guess, I guess so this time. So Bill has to return to the king and the king isn't taking a no for an answer. In fact, he asked if he just needed to offer more for quote, his slave. He quite literally thought Annie was Bill's slave. Bill replied, slave. She isn't my slave. She has as much say with that if she wants to go down there or not. I haven't had anything to do with that outside of her contract. The king seemed legitimately worried and said, not a slave. (laughs) Wait, 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 what? What? I don't understand. She's not a slave. How is this possible? 
Bill is then to have replied, no, she is not a slave. The king later apologizes to Annie, and this story comes from notes that were found a couple of years after Annie's death that she note that she found that the king apologized to her and said, quote, I told him that I did not wish to go. And that he went down on one knee with a sweeping grace that would have done credit to the knights of old England, lifting my hand and raised my fingertips to his lips. He departed with the air of a soldier. And Annie wasn't sold. She was able to go back to the United States. Got hairy for a second. So close. So as we get into the 1890s. Buffalo Bill's Wild West show is becoming more nostalgia act than it is leading entertainment. Edison had now invented the kinetoscope and even records a short video of Annie shooting in 1894. And Matt, this is where you need to do a Google because it's only like a 30 second clip. It's from the Library of Congress. Just see how fluid she is shooting. After watching the video... I noticed two things. A, it's crazy. She's shooting. I don't know if it's the, the way the like clay discs or whatever they are, are, but as she's yep. shooting, it's like, she'll like hit the other one. She'll hit another one before the other one before it breaks. Yeah. But yep. she did miss one. Did she? I didn't even notice that. I was so like, I was, when I was watching it, it's only like 38 seconds. It's on a Wikipedia page for anyone that wants to go hunted out she is so fluid in it like it's it's like i don't want to say robotic but it's very smooth how she shoots there's no jerk or anything in it well then she drops the gun like halfway through and then like he starts throwing up coins or like more yeah it's hard to see what he's throwing up because it's like very right because it's an 1894 yeah it's It's literally the first movie maker yeah you don't got 4k here folks It's very, I mean, it's one. It's cool to see uh, though. She's really good. <laughs> like it's very, it's interesting to watch. It's only 38 seconds. I think it's actually from the library of Congress, but um, go watch that. I, actually, I'll probably, uh, if I able to, I've tried doing this before on our WordPress site, trying to actually post YouTube videos. Cause there was a, a really good documentary, like an amateur documentary on the Alamo. Uh, and then they, I think they actually stopped me from doing it. Like I posted on the website and then we get a, like a note a couple days later saying the copyright holder would like you to not do this. And that it blanked out the page. So oh, wow. if it's not on her page, that's why everyone apparently YouTube knows all, <laughs> but with the new technology it comes with a new form of entertainment in movies. Now it isn't going to be a sudden change, but it's definitely going to, ha- it's definitely changing with the improvements in transportation. Buffalo bills, wild West show still does well, and it still travels in 131 cities alone in 1895. And they continue touring until the 1900s. But in 1901, Annie is now over 40, and Frank is in his 50s. The couple continues to tour until a train crash injures Annie's back that leaves her off of the show for months. Mm. While she recovers... People noticed that she went from brunette to gray quite rapidly. Now, in reality, she had probably been going gray for a while. It's just that when, you know, you leave people and come back after a while, they notice things about oh, you. Oh, like wait, wait a second. Yeah. 
yep, you've you've lost a bunch of weight, all of that stuff. Or they don't say you've gained a bunch of weight unless they're a-holes. But something like that. It is hinted in Cheryl Casper's biography of Annie Oakley that it may not have been the train crash that derailed her career as much as it was the gray hair. Really? Well, because you even run into the stereotype now. How many female uh, newscasters do you see in their 50s? Not that much. Yeah. So, yeah, that's depressing, but it's honestly not shocking. Annie's in retirement and continue and may have continued to be in retirement in 1903, but she suddenly is in the headlines in Chicago when William Randolph Hearst newspapers run a story. And I'm just going to read the headline. The headline read, quote, Annie Oakley asks court for mercy. Famous woman crack shot steals to secure cocaine. Dang, she has a cocaine habit. Uh, no, she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> that headline was just as a surprise to Annie as it was to probably everyone else listening to this. Because Annie's living in New Jersey. This happened in Chicago. It, the article continued to read, Annie Oakley lies today in a cell in Harrison Street Station under the Bridewell sentence for stealing the trousers of a Negro in order to, to get money for which to buy cocaine. So some imposter stole some poor guy's pants <laughs> to buy cocaine. From what I've heard, cocaine is a hell of a drug. And here's what I here's what I find hello, uh, here's what I find pretty uh, funny about that too. Annie Oakley was pretty famous. How do you like how can you not like verify the source? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> the woman that was arrested Again, just admitted to stealing, admitted she had a terrible drug addiction. She said that her last name was Cody. The jailer asked, oh, are you related to Buffalo Bill? And she said, yes. Oh, jeez. In which the guy said, you must be the one, the female that made all the shots. Or again, the drug addict said, yes. Run it, everyone. That's the story. <laughs> no, that's all we need. That is the fact checking we need. <laughs> that's literally all it took. And would you and would you be surprised to know that is still how they fact checked? <laughs> <laughs> that's literally all it is. Let's just go ask the drug addict. Now, again, I don't want to make drug addiction like funny. It's not funny. She had a problem. She's. But if you're the police officer, why are you taking this woman at her word? Who's just going to say yes to everything because it might get her off of the hook during her court trial. Again, this is all in that Chicago newspaper. The woman who is actually a burlesque dancer. And that's important because when she says this next quote for context, it's eerily, it could be easily fit in for Annie's old uh, career. The woman said, quote, I plead guilty, your honor, but I hope you will have pity on me. An uncontrollable appetite for drugs, drugs has brought me here. I began to use it years ago to steady me under the strain of the life I was leading. And now it has lost me everything. Please give me, give me another chance to pull myself together. Did it work? 
Uh, no, she was still found guilty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, guilty. Ten years in prison. Annie, again, home in New Jersey, is furious. She immediately takes action, telegraphing papers to to discredit the story. One to Philadelphia, one to New York, but everywhere. Even sending telegrams to say, quote, woman posing to be Annie Oakley is a fraud. Contradict it once. Someone will pay for this dreadful mistake. Yeah, I can see that. In which case, the famous female shootist threatening that someone will pay for this dreadful mistake would send shivers down everyone's spine. Because let me tell you, if Annie has a gun pointed at you, there's nothing you can do about it. Whatever she wants to do with you, she gonna do it. What she meant by someone will pay for this dreadful mistake is she meant that quite literally. While many newspapers apologize for the mistake, Annie sues most of the newspapers for libel. And at the time, it is the largest libel action in U.S. history. Annie would show up to every hearing and eventually wins 54 of the 55 cases. Dang. I wonder why the fifth one, the 55th one was thrown out. I couldn't find that one. I think it was just like thrown out. And when you keep in mind, William Randolph Hearst was fighting this tooth and nail, like literally hiring PIs to like investigate Annie's just to find any dirt so that she would drop it. He's a powerful white dude. Wait, so you're saying seen... he was trying to find dirt on her to essentially blackmailing her? Into essentially, it. yes. But he oh, couldn't okay. find any. So then it just, it had to happen. He just. I'm an evil bad guy. I'm going to be even more evil. <laughs> With the drama behind her, Annie takes new shows from 1910 and will tour off and on until 1922. When another accident, this time a car accident, shatters her leg as she will never be able to walk again without the assistance of a leg brace. She spends her last couple of years with her husband in New Jersey when she find, when she dies on November 3rd, 1926. She lived a long time. She was 1860 was when she was born. So it was, she's not super old. She's oh, in her 60s. 60s. Yeah. While Frank isn't at her side, when she dies, he is traveling about, but it is rumored that he goes on a hunger strike as soon as he hears of his wife's death, and he dies 18 days later. Hey, I will say, dude loved her. Dude loved his wife. she beat him in that competition. Which, isn't that lovely? How many stories do we have like that? Isn't right? that great? They, they, they were together for so long. Well, shoot, over 50 years, right? She was 15. She died in her 60s. About. It's around 50. Around 50. High score. Um, They are buried next to each other outside their home. Wasn't that a nice story? story. Wasn't it nice to have all of the bad crap at the start and not the end? Well, it was just it was just nice to not uh, to hear a story about someone not getting shot in the back or d- unknownly uh, it died, but no one knows who killed him or right. a lot of figural stabbing in the back with Lillian Smith. This was a, we will talk about it in the rounds, but I appreciate this story. It was a nice, simple story 
with someone with an incredible talent and it ended nicely. Right? Let's hold on to this feeling. <laughs> Into the round. Are you satisfied? This is our biography round where Matt and I will be handing out negative 10 points apiece to positive 10 points apiece, depending on how well we liked her story. Well, I don't know about you, Eric, but I liked it. I like Annie. She is a cool lady. She I seemed mean, awesome. I mean, uh, you, you, you kind of bait and switch saying it wasn't a sad story. And then you proceed to say how her the first <laughs> 11 years of her life were absolutely miserable and terrible. I mean, you know, I decided we need to do a nice story. Uh, so she went to the mo- two of the most probably horrific people you could probably go to in that time. Um, but I, it's, it's, it's nice to know that you can turn your life around and she was making a bank i mean paid off her mom's mortgage and i mean did she right i know and that was before she became even like a big household name did um did do you know if she like did she like continue to like send them money and stuff throughout the the years or did they kind of just like do their own thing i don't believe so uh the book that i use they don't talk about her family that often after after she leaves um, so I'm not entirely sure what happens. And also, I which can't. is kind of weird because there was about seven of them. Yeah. Which but. makes you think they probably just ripped, they probably kept in contact. Um, I can't find my copy of my book right now, but uh, I mean, maybe we'll do an update later. But I mean, you know, overall, uh, I think she's a good person too. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And I mean, I knew I, I've heard of the name. I didn't know like the complete story. Uh, yeah. I mean, come on, the sitting bull thing. That is awesome. That's I great. mean, that's great. But uh, overall, I uh, I think do it was you, wholesome. Do you want if I had been adopted to be Sitting Bull's son, I would be handing out business cards, letting everyone know that is be how I would introduce myself. I thought that was so funny where she was like, what did she say? She wanted like four. Was it cows or yeah, was it? She was entitled to like a wigwam, never ending <laughs> like source of livestock. And just like, yeah, I can, I can rule the prairie should I choose to. And what she did in uh, London was awesome. Mm. A mi- I mean, there's no mics, but if there's a gun drop moment, God, Whoa. that's good. I even liked it because, I mean, what made it even better was, like, the rumors, like, because he was, like, cheating on his wife. So she just, like, did it for that. It's like, oh, son, you ain't got nothing. To leave the future king of England hanging (laughs) is such a good visual. Yeah, no. I can just see her, like, yeah, no. Mm. Sorry. Or, like, looking at him, looking at his hand looking back at him and then deliberately turning to the wife. She does the, hey. she does the hair. She does the hair, hair swipe. Oh yes. <laughs> Too slow. <laughs> but I uh, overall I would say um, it's a, it's a solid story. I'm going to do a uh, six and a half. You gave that same score to sitting bowl, by the way. Did I really? You did. <laughs> Only because I'm looking directly at it. I do like it. There's, it's a different kind of intrigue because there's a little, it's not, thank God, you know, there, there's a lot of murder in this podcast. So much murder. Tons, in this so podcast. much. So much. <laughs> it's, just, it's nice. 
to just have like just some rumors, rumors and some, you know, some catty argument. It's a night. Not kill a single person. Just every critter in the forest around her house. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was the land of the dark. What's the Lion King? The the land of the um, dark place. Uh, no, the um, I, I can't no shadow the place the, where the sun doesn't touch or something like that. Um, That's where it was. It was just a bunch of animal carcasses laying around, and probably like a bunch of tree trunks with like uh, hearts with bullet holes and tree trunks. I like it. I like it for other reasons. I think I'm going to go a little bit lower. I think I'm going to go with a five. Okay. Okay. I, I When you said that it was the same as Sitting Bull, right? I, I gave it the same score. But it's a yes. different kind of story, too, when you it think is. about it. So, I mean, when you think about it, it's a different genre, you know? Right. Comedy, or romance. That's just a, a great comedy. A great comedy and a great action movie can have the same score. It's just they're different things. Right. I think your six and a half is perfectly fine. I agree with it. Well, I don't agree with it because I did five, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not against it. This is an ability, the kid moment where I'm like, Ooh, all right, we're going with it. It's going to be a rough podcast. If you keep <laughs> going, going with these kind of scores. Episode one. And we're already, Oh boy, we're making, you just wanted to pick a fight on the internet that day. Didn't you? <laughs> All right, next round. Be sure you are right. Then go ahead. This is our morality round where we'll be handing out negative 10 points apiece to positive 10 points apiece, depending on how well we thought she was morally. I really need a good tagline for that, don't I? <laughs> really no smooth way to say that. I don't know what your score is, but like, I don't know if there's much to go on here. I mean, she, she didn't really like, I mean, was her morals ever in question? No, but also did she... It's not like she, like, I don't believe she gave money to the poor. I don't, like, it's positive. She wasn't a bad person. But I just don't know, like, I don't think it's a high score. Because there's just not a lot of stories of she was very Like her doing, like, charity work or anything like that. Right. That sounds like she was generally well-liked, unless you're Lillian Smith. But I just don't know if there's much to go on here. So I don't know how high of a score we can give her. But I mean, four? I'm going to say four. Sure. Why not? Positive. I don't. I um, mean, it's obviously going to be positive. I mean, it's, there's nothing that there's nothing that is concerning to where it needs to be that she's a bad person. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go lower than that. I'm going to give her a two, but it's more because I just. There's just nothing. Why am I giving her two points? Because she seemed well-liked. That's about it. Right. Yeah, you're like, right. There's, there's no story of she did all of these great things, like I've said like three times now. But so I'm, I'm going with the two. I don't think there's anything wrong with four, but that gives her a total score of six. Next round to hell with the consequences. This is our crazy or clever round. We are going to be handing out negative 10 points apiece to positive 10 points apiece, depending on if we thought she was crazy or clever. I'm going to do, I'll tell you why, after. I'm going to do a two for Clever, only because during the show, she learned how to, like, woo the crowd, you know? Like, ooh, She worked I that tripped. performance. Right. So that she learned. is true. So that that's why I'm two. Otherwise, I, I didn't really see anything. This is going to sound oxymoronic, but to have wholesome sex appeal 
<laughs> right niche. <laughs> like that's where the money really starts pouring in, where you can be a perfectly fine role model to everyone, but also drive men wild. Right. <laughs> that's where the money's at. <laughs> well done, you, madam. I think for for me. Do you believe she thought she was talking to George the dog in those letters? Because that that's going to hurt the score a lot. <laughs> Part of me wants to believe that she knew it was him all along and just of had a crush on him. Of course she did. But I also I do I really like that visual of like Frank. You see how well Rough. they shot out there. Funk. <laughs> <laughs> I I really I, I did like that little that little side story of <laughs> she's so excited to come backstage and see George the dog. Oh, actually, what that brought me down to is like every date I had in high school. <laughs> hey, can I come over and uh, play with your dog? Sure. You can stay inside. It's OK. I'll, I'll, I'll take him for a walk. Yeah, you can even be in the same room with us if you want. <laughs> I think you have a good point. I don't where else where else can we give her clever points? Actually, I'm gonna give her I'm gonna give her two points just for shunning the Prince Edward. <laughs> I'm giving yeah, two points. Yeah, but for I don't think alone. that's clever. Uh well, you know, it could be because she was doing it for a reason. A There's a little reason. shade. There's yeah, a, it's it's it is for shade. Have, it's not, it's not because she didn't know. I appreciate because that had to be a spontaneous thing. Like I don't think she would have been practicing that in her dress room. To do that in the moment, I think, is great. So I'm giving two points for that alone. I think I'm going to give one point for the, I stage. guess, like, again. Hmm? For, like, being on the stage or for her stage yeah. presence or her stage act. Yep. So I'm going to go with a three, which will give her a total score of five. Next round. Well, actually, before we get into that, we're going to lock her score. So Annie is at a positive score. So from here on out, we're going to continue to add points to her score. If Annie had been negative, we would continue to subtract points to her score. So from here on out, we're just going to be adding points from zero to ten. Next round is draw. If me and Matt were to have a duel against Annie Oakley, how screwed are we from one to ten? I'm going to look at this a little differently. Okay. I'm going to say not a duel. I'm going to say a competition. If we were to have a competition with her. And thus, because we would 100% lose that yeah, competition. Well, let's be honest. We're losing every duel. <laughs> it's just how right, bad right. we're losing it. It's just how bad we're losing it. <laughs> Um, Before you say your score, I'm just going to repeat some of your high scores because I feel like you're going there. John Wesley Harden is 10. Well, negative 10 because he's the ultimate bastard. James Bowie was negative 8. Somehow I deleted your Davy Scrockick score on my worksheet, but that's fine. Jesse James was negative 8. I think she was a better shot than... One. Oh, she's a better shot than all of them, right? She's a better shot than all of them. I'm still not going to do. I'm still not because I said it was a competition, and sometimes you can miss. I'm only going to go with an eight point five. 
<laughs> what do you think? You think it'd be lower? I mean, if she has a gun pointed at me. You're getting it right between the eyes, my friend. <laughs> like at this point, I'm just might I just might put my gun down and be like, yeah, lady, just whatever you want to do. <laughs> no, just because it was you, she'd be like, I'm not gonna kill you today. And as she's walking away, you're gonna be relieved, and then she's gonna hold up a mirror. Oh no. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> Only because it's you, sir. <sighs> Wait, why is she why is she looking at herself in the, the mirror? Wait, wait. <laughs> I like how it just comes in like little mo like I'm picturing it coming in little moments where like she just turns around and I'm like, Oh thank God, I'm gonna live. And then I just see like the rifle casually hit the back of her shoulder. And then I just see this tiny little perfume like makeup mirror, and then just this little smirk. And that's the last thing I see is that little smirk. <laughs> As you're falling to the ground and look up into the sky. If we're looking at so how, it, it, this is going to come down to how far do we want to bend the rules? Because I, you have a good argument. If it's a competition, we're losing. But this, I'm, I think I'm going to, I'm going to be a curmudgeon and I'm going to stick with the, if we're in a duel with Annie Oakley. I guess we're still kind of screwed, aren't we? Like, she's going to have her way Maybe, with us. Maybe, though, because we don't know how fast of a shot she is. We could outdraw her. We, we could, but I think we have as much possibility of standing on the surface of the sun <laughs> than actually outdrawing Annie Oakley. You know what? I wasn't going to go nearly this high. I was literally thinking two because I don't, I can't think of a, of a time where she was really angry and thinking about oh, wait hold on now hold on since we're not so let's let's not bend the rules now i might lower my score because would she be mad enough to kill she'd never killed someone so would she, she so would she hesitate because it's a human <laughs> if this was a deer right <laughs> now if we were an animal that needed to feed her family 10 all day <laughs> You know what? I'm going to lower. I'm going to lower it. I'm going to lower right. it to a four. I'm cutting it in half. Cutting it in half. God, that was going to be my original score, but you really tempted me. Because if we're in the duel and we're standing, if we're on the duel field, we're it's whatever she wants. It's her game. So I'm I'm going to do a six. And originally I was thinking two. I have two or three. Four was not even like what's the high end of what I was thinking. So I'm going to go six. Not There's bad. A lot of debate there, right? I'm perfectly for someone who has never killed anyone, but clearly has the best aim of anyone we're going to talk about. Pretty good, pretty good. Even with one hand, too. Even with hand in a mirror, like just yeah, one-handed. Even like we're completely forgetting about the one-handed shooting expedition where she cut her stitch or shot her stitches out. Yeah, ten solid score. Next round, Legacy. How well-known is Annie Oakley? We're going to be handing out points between 0 and 10, depending on how well she's held up through the times. I'm going to do... You had heard of her before, right? Yeah, but not a lot. I noticed there were some movies about her. I'm pretty sure there was actually a couple movies called Annie Oakley. I've never looked that up. I've never looked that up. 
I'm almost positive, actually. So I'm going to go ahead and say four. Because while I did hear of her, I knew next to nothing about her. But keep in mind, you hadn't heard of anyone really before this podcast. <laughs> but keep so in mind, you, just... you are a total numbskull. So. <laughs> well, I, that that in her in this category, your like, my my knowledge in this category is very lacking. But like, this is where you're also probably a better judge of it than I am because I'm need like I'm neck deep into this. For you just to know her name, I feel is a big deal. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't even know Tecumseh, and we all know how much of a crush I have on the man. No, I knew the name from a blip in a history book. Now, would you say that blip is equal to Annie Oakley's blip? (laughs) You know, I don't honestly don't remember. I think I've only heard of Annie Oakley in like the like pop culture media, like, you know, movies and TV shows and stuff. So. You know what I'm going to do? I can't remember what I originally said. I think I said a four. I'm going to go to a 5.5. 5.5. That's fine. Well, there is something to say. Like she is. Now, Annie wouldn't agree with this, but Annie is one of the first, like all of Oatman was kind of like the first round of feminists. Annie is kind of that same way. Cause like she was clearly better than anyone with a gun. Mm-hmm. Only, like, Annie really, she doesn't have the views you would expect. Like, she was even against women's suffrage. Like, near her death, she would actually uh, vote against women having the right to vote. But she was also pro, uh, very pro-guns rights. So, like, she wanted women to learn how to shoot, learn how to, like, defend themselves, things like that. So, like, she does, she does a lot of, like, um, like, shows teaching competent teaching. Uh, I was going to ask that. I was going to I was going to ask you if she taught like it had to have like inspired uh little girls and women to like right. get out there and like shoot as well. Right. Cuz I mean you can be considered like they could probably consider like the hero. Right. Or considered her a hero and who doesn't want to be like their hero. You also so Annie is born at like the perfect time because she's born in 1860 which is still when hunting is still required to like live. So you really needed that skill to be able to hunt as when she dies in 18 in 1926, that skill is no longer needed. It's more like a niche. Like it's really cool that you know how to shoot a gun kind of thing. It's no longer required. It's kind of like Buffalo Bill's wild West show that we talked about very briefly at the end. It's more nostalgic. It's really cool. You know how to do this. It's kind of like today, like if you open up the hood of a car, your car, and it was made past 2010, you have no idea what to do. But if you computer. knew how to change a, char- a spark plug from like a car from the 1980s, like that's really cool to know how to do. Like it's kind of the same thing. Like culture shifted so much in such a small time period mm-hmm. that Annie is just born at the perfect time for her particular set of skills. Making her sound like Liam Neeson there. Her particular set of skills. She has a very, (laughs) very good particular set of skills. So I think to hand out a score of five when we're only handing out zero to ten, she has to be more famous than most of the people we're going to cover by default. 
And I think that's true. So I say all of that to give her a six. (laughs) (laughs) Just above you. (laughs) A three minute explanation on. Yeah, I agree with you, Matt. (laughs) Next round, death bonus. We're going to be handing out bonus points between zero and two points, depending on if we thought she had a cool death story. No. That would be a solid zero points for me. Hey, congratulations on living out your life. Like, that is awesome. But it wasn't cool. We should seriously keep track of how many people die peacefully. Because it's it's not many. We should almost give her a point just for dying peacefully at this point. (laughs) We're going to remember it because you died. Oh, you mean she wasn't killed by her own people while they were bringing her to be arrested? Huh. Okay. Uh, Weird. (laughs) What an odd thing to die in your sleep. Who would have thought? Uh, the only, no, I mean, no, (laughs) the answer is zero, but to play devil's advocate, it is a really romantic story that her husband possibly went on a hunger, hunger strike. So, and that they're buried together and they're buried together. And it's, it is a true love story despite he was like twice her age when they met, but that's survived the test of time. They did did a lot of cool things together. Also, I know like this is this is Annie's episode and this will forever. But like kudos to Frank for not being a complete sexist a hole. <laughs> to just and, like stealing the wife. spotlight from her. Yeah, like it would have been so easy, and most men would have been would have just been angry that their wife was clearly better at them than something, and he just went with it. Like kudos He's to like, you, Frank yep. Butler. He's just like, yep. <laughs> I mean, granted, when they're that good. Yeah, there's no denying. <laughs> so the answer's still zero. There's my arguing to still go with zero. But next round, counting coup, confirmed-ish kills. And then we're going to divide that number by 10. We're not counting <laughs> animals. Um, so I'm zero sure divided by 10, huh? <laughs> how, how much consideration do we want to consider uh, killing Lily and Smith's hope and dreams? Does that count for anything? <laughs> Uh, I'm afraid not. Not in this episode. Big zero. <laughs> Which is good. I mean, have we ever had a person that's not... Ca- I think we've had... Oh, yeah. Olive Oatman. Olive Oatman. Sarah Graves. One. Why did oh, we yes. give her one? For counting coup? Yeah, we gave her one. Why? Why did we give her one? <laughs> I'll have to go back and look. Didn't she kill someone? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh no All up the- I can't remember who knows Sarah Graves why did we give her one that <laughs> was, was so long ago uh, zero William B. Travis um, that's because he was barely so- Calamity Jane Calamity oh, Jane yeah. killed someone yep but she's the third person fourth person to not kill someone I gotta go back did I just hit a typo? Because, like, why? Who did Sarah Graves kill? No one. I'll have to listen. I'll have to listen back. Someone tell us. You know what? We have listeners. Do your thing. Update us. <laughs> Please update us. <laughs> did Sarah Graves kill We someone? don't even know why. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> okay. That brings 
Annie Oakley's score to a very respectable 52. Hey, 52. Not bad. Pretty good. Considering. Not bad for a harmless gal. A mu- not harmless. Are you an animal? The murder ballet is a thing. <laughs> but that's. I'm pretty happy with that. I think that's a fair score. I also feel like that score, her name recognition, whosoever team she goes on, that's a solid pickup. The score may not reflect how solid of a pickup that is, because that is a perfectly pleasant story. At this stage, Eric would typically flip a coin. However, since I am two figures ahead, there will be no flipping today. We each have a team. We're waiting to each get up to 20. Once we get up to 20, the rest go in the free agent pool where Eric and I can drop and add any figure we want at any time after both our teams are filled. So Eric gets the choice of if he wants to draft Miss Annie Oakley. If I was a deceiving bastard. Hold on. I know the order. So I know who's coming up next. I actually, I know who's coming up for the next 10 people. Here's the thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because I know where you're getting at and you could just automatically give them to me. Here's the thing that I am adding right now. If Eric does not choose (laughs) to draft Annie Oakley, she will automatically go into the free agent pool where I could pick her up if I want her and thus automatically forfeits his automatic choice. And we will flip a coin next time. So Eric, are you drafting this Annie Oakley? You know, I wasn't planning on being deceivious. Deceivious. Is deceivious a word? Deceivious. <laughs> no. That's not a word. Can you tell I'm on my second beer? It's it a gets a little beer. it gets a little rowdy these these the, <laughs> these hours in. The life of a lower thirties uh millennial on his second IPA. Let me tell you. Christ. I mean, I'm I'm obviously gonna draft her. I liked your story. I'm going to draft her. See, I would not have drafted her if we were to flip the coin. I just don't. I mean, as much as I liked her story, I just don't see her going far. See, I think we need to look at this as because we're we're ultimately we're trying to pick who's the ultimate winner. Like who won the West? I'm looking at this as I want the strongest roster possible so I can eliminate as many people on your team as I can. So I have like three people going in to the last couple rounds. Like I want more people than you the last couple rounds. Annie, I think any story I believe will carry past most stories. Very, very strange strategy telling me your strategy, Eric, but I like it. I like it. So that being said, Miss Annie Oakley is on Eric's team. And I guess that sums up the life and times of Annie Oakley. Remember, if you like what you heard today, go ahead and like and subscribe. Leave us a comment on whatever podcast service you are listening on. Uh, We really appreciate it. And you can always check out our website, ranking76.wordpress.com, where you will find a link to all of our social media, our email. You can see the scorecards. You can check out the other episodes you may have missed. Um, We really appreciate it. That's the end of the episode. As always, I'm Matt. I'm Eric. We will see you next time.